Hello, welcome to this Lloyd's List podcast. My name is Richard Clayton, Chief Correspondent at Lloyd's List. At long last, the combination of digital technology, new skill sets and a willingness to collaborate with expertise in parallel sectors is changing the face of shipping. Companies go through the same pain to gain journey. Often they were set up to meet a specific opportunity, but they became too narrowly focused and missed the chance to alter course. Now, one company that has recognised the mission it initially set itself needs to be expanded is Rideship. Rideship came out of the Australian House of Representatives Ships of Shame inquiry. Launched in 2001, it developed into the world's biggest third-party maritime due diligence organisation. And while safety remains a pillar of Rideship's evolution, it has added two more drivers of change sustainability and social responsibility. CEO Stein Lund has signed off on several senior level hires who have brought new expertise, new thinking, new vision for the company. And two of those senior players are with me on this podcast to explain how Rightship is evolving. They are Marlon Grech, Chief Technology Officer, and Christopher Saunders, Chief Product Officer. Marlon's career has been in software development and fintech. Chris is a master mariner steeped in LNG and digitalization. Marlon is a newcomer to shipping. Chris has built a career in maritime. Welcome to you both. I'd like to explore the challenges of turning an established vetting company into a data-focused platform. So, Marlon, first, how did you become involved with Rightship and what were you initially brought in to do? Hi, Clayton, and thanks for having me here. So, so yeah, so before I cross paths with, with Rightship, my background was really fintech and investment banking. In fact, I was based uh, very close to you um, in London. Um, I was brought in together with my team at first to have a look at scoping development for a new platform for Rideship, um, whereby Rideship had an existing system, um, legacy system that wanted to to upgrade to new technology, um, new technology that can consume more data, um, because by consuming more data, we can then give more uh, insights. Um, so my my involvement really started um, as a consultant with Rightship, doing some user interface development. However, quickly myself and my team we started delving deeper into the project um, to the point that we, together with Rightship, reimagined a new Rightship platform, one that is able to consume more data, um, build. Um, real-time insights of this data, um, which then power things such as our safety score, GH rating, and our uh, vetting engine. Mm-hmm. Fast forward three three years later, and I'm here speaking to you as CTO of of Rightship. Um, to me, I must say it's 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 been a really exciting journey. Uh, 
especially for me coming from fintech into this 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 maritime uh, industry that's 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 evolving every day i see technology improvements every day in in maritime so it's a really exciting time um and and i thank rightship for being part of this exciting uh, journey i feel blessed really that i cross paths so so you had a young energetic tech team um, brought into a traditional maritime environment. Um, what could possibly go wrong <laughs> there? Um, what, what, was there a culture of technology at Rightship? So at Rightship, there was always technology, but it was never in-house. Um, so when we came into uh, Rightship, um, myself being the CTO, um, I take it as a blessing in disguise because in reality, um, not having legacy meant that integration was simpler. We were basically given a blank canvas. Mm. So, so I think from that aspect, I think that that was really great. Um, I think uh, one thing to, uh, to, to keep in mind is that becoming right one with rightship means that today technology can influence not just the product that that we build, but every part of rightship, be it if it's account management, technology, um, or any other role within within the company. Tech, for example, one of the programs that that we've started is a data science program where basically we have a three-step program: educate, engage, and experiment, in which each department is going through uh, data science in, in terms of an educational journey to understand what data science is really all about and being able to engage with these departments and create our own experiments. Um, so far, reception was was really great. Um, I think we were, were myself and my team were welcomed in with open arms. I think probably, you know, to add to Marlon's points, you know, you know, I think it really is realizing benefits uh, across the business, you know, having a, a fresh pair of eyes, a, you know, a talented team come in that they're able to offer an awful lot of value and and, and help us to innovate, uh, not just in our in our products, but but across the whole business. Um, you know, I, I liken it to, to my time at sea when we had new joiners come in from other companies um, They'd bring a fresh uh, set of set of ideas, new ways of doing things, and, and it really helped to break that mentality that that can often creep in. Of you know, it's always been done this way. So uh, it, it's been really refreshing and, and great to have, you know, the team join us. Okay, Chris, let's let's move on to you. Um, you're currently head of uh, of Rightship's digital product offering. Tell us about the transition that you've seen in digital tech since you came ashore. I think. It's really been quite a, a dramatic uh, increase, uh, predominantly fueled by by improved connectivity of vessels. So, uh, if I if I reflect back when I started at sea uh, in, in 2007, we were really lucky to to receive an email uh, every couple of days. Uh, but less than 10 years later, uh, on the last vessel I sailed on before coming ashore, we could order technical support for the main engine, have somebody remotely connect into the vessel and, and start adjusting the, the RPM and, and fuel settings. So 
I think the digital revolution in the industry, it's certainly in full swing now. Um, people can see the, the potential in big data and, and technology to really make a difference uh, in, in the way all facets of, of, of the maritime industry operate. And um, you don't have to look far to see ways in which that digital tech uh, ha has been embraced. So, you know, everything from, from weather routing software, uh, using AI for crew change planning or, or augmented reality for, for navigation systems. Um, now, of course, you know, adoption of some of these technologies and services uh, has not been widespread yet. And, and perhaps, you know, some of that is the overwhelming level of choice and, and uncertainty over which really uh, deliver what they say on the tin. But it's a it's a really exciting time to to be part of the industry and, and to see these innovations uh, picking up that, that really can make a difference. And we often say that other industries are ahead of us, uh, Chris. What have you seen in in parallel sectors that we can bring into maritime? I think a big area and a big opportunity uh, is around data. Um, ha having a common standard for, for for data, you know, really really could help us. Um, it, it's critical for the industry, you know, to move move forward and, and enable innovation. Um, I mean, I just imagine a world where, where the maritime data sets were, were standardised. Uh, anonymous data could then be pulled towards common good. You know, this could really be transformative for the industry and it would accelerate uh, the time to value that we could realise from this new technology. Um, that's definitely something we're trying to, to, to be part of uh, through our work at Rightship and, and, and growing a, a network of partners. Um, in terms of specific industries that we can sort of learn from, uh, I think a common one that you often hear talked about uh, and, and compared to, to maritime is aviation, uh, mm -hmm. particularly when you're talking about safety. Um, I think we've made good steps in recent years in, in terms of leveraging technology. Simulators are, are a great example for navigation uh, and engine room training. Uh, and of course, the aviation industry has been doing that for years. Um, but, but I think there's still room for, for, for more that can be done uh, in terms of how incidents are investigated, leveraging the, the wealth of data that's now flowing directly from the vessels themselves. Um, so, so I think the likes of more operational quality assurance using that data to, to spot trends and, and anomalies before they cause a major event. I, I think that's where where we can evolve the industry uh, to, to realise some, some real benefits there. Thank you. Um, Marlon, uh, in, from the fintech sector, what can you bring in from the financial world into the maritime sector to, to help us become more efficient uh, and more effective? Coming from the fintech industry and, and seeing how, how mature that, that industry became in terms of standardizing uh, data protocols, I think that's something that, that is a must for the shipping industry. I think it's something that uh, if you compare technological growths of the maritime industry versus other industries, it's, it's definitely an area that, that you see a lot of lacking. Unfortunately, if you really think about it outside of AIS data, there isn't really that many other standards in terms of, of data. And I think that's something that together with others in the industry, we need to change. Um, we need to work closely with organizations such as IMO to make sure that we start creating data protocols so that uh, we can um, we can promote innovation, right? If you look at, for example, banking, 
um, as, as soon as banks were, had, had regulation that, that specified that they needed to have an open standard for, for APIs that introduced so many innovation. And today you see so many digital banks that are really uh, facilitating all sorts of, of, of transactions that, that, that it becomes the backbone of, of innovation. I think that's something that today is missing in, in the maritime industry and should be addressed as soon as possible, especially in safety, sustainability and crew welfare. Um, I want to ask both of you about how do we attract the next generation, the technology savvy uh, generation into the industry. Um, Chris, let's, let's, let's ask you first, what, what can we do to make shipping more attractive to the next generation? Uh, it's, it's it's a great question. Um, I mean, I think in reality, you know, sh shipping's on a journey with, with tech uh, and with talent. You, you know, some shipping companies and, and maritime organisations in this space, they really get it and they're doing some great things there. Um, and, I, and in future, you know, I really think they'll reap the benefits of, of this uh, if they haven't already seen re results today. But I think, you know, the reality is others are, are still miles behind and, and have some way to go to even begin that journey. Um, you know, we've experienced this ourselves. You know, it, it's tough. It, it's not easy. It, it does take different mindset to really embrace uh, the, the digitization, the technology change. And it, and it often, you know, requires a full transformation across, across an organization. Um, in terms of attracting new, you know, technology savvy talent to shipping, I think it's a tale of two halves. Um, compared to a lot of other tech applications, you know, shipping's really quite mysterious. It's quite interesting. So, so those that take the time to inquire and explore the industry a little, I, I think they find themselves hooked. I mean, just look at Marlon joining us today. But, but it's it is still a poorly understood industry. So, so getting that opportunity to engage with that talent in in the first place, you know, it, it can be tough, um, particularly when you when you're up there competing against you know those heavyweight household names in the tech space. And I'm wondering if um, we're going to see a divide between those who are tech savvy and those who are kind of laggards in this. So, you know, the one set of companies will attract most of the, the, the young generation. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, that the, there's going to be a, a battle on there, and I, I think you know those who who are moving first and 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 are savvy to this, and uh, you know, will it will become a competitive advantage. Um, but there's an awful lot that needs to take place. You know, not just in in, in the organisations. I think in you know the training institutions that that are bringing on board future mariners. Uh, you know, there's going to be a real change in in, in the skill set that, that you're looking for from from those going to sea or those working in the maritime industry. And and we've got to really start taking action now. Um, I think through the education institutions, but also through through companies that, that that are operating in the space to to be bringing in the right talent, retaining them, showing them that that it's an it's an exciting career path and it's an industry that they can really add value. Um, mm. I think we, we see it at right chip, you know, um, once we, we get people in, I think that they really uh, engage with, with, with the industry and, and can see, you know, it's an exciting space to work and, and it is changing very, very quickly, which is an ex exciting place to be and, 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 and you can see how your efforts, you know, really drive change. 
So, so Marlon, um, part of your role as CTO will be bringing in the next generation. Um, just, just take on what uh, what Chris has been saying. How do you attract the people you're looking for? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was in in finance ten years ago, and I was, I, I would say, in a very similar position, because if you look back uh, in finance, I mean, big banks. Um, they they are very similar to a certain extent to to shipping companies. Ten years ago, big banks had very little technology as such, uh, but today they recognize technology as being pivoted and and critical to 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 their business. I think maritime is still in the transformational uh, part where we're still figuring out how how critical is technology to the maritime industry, but we're quickly realizing that it is. And those that that a few years ago were just thinking about doing something are now actually doing something. And if you want to keep up, you also need to jump on that wagon and do that something. So I think I'm already seeing a transformation in certain companies. Things such hackathons and, and these type of, let's call them hip, events that attract talent are now not just happening in fintech companies, but they are also happening in, in maritime companies. I think quickly um, in the next couple of years, we're going to see a surge there where, where, where really when you're thinking about a maritime business, you think about its technology and that technology forms one of the biggest parts of 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 the value that 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 company has and i think when we get to to that point um just like many other industries you will see tech becoming um a pillar with within the industry which will then bring uh, in um all all the others i think one thing that that sticks out um is that uh, maritime as chris said so far, it was always um, something that, that unless you're in maritime, unless you spend time at sea, you cannot really figure out. I think that taboo needs, needs, needs to be eliminated so that we really um, start bringing in top talent uh, to help us transform this, this industry. So, so one, of, one of the difficulties I've heard is bringing in um, the tech people to the maritime people and getting them to work together. Um, how do you propose to, 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 to get two completely different sorts of thinking to work as one, Marlon? So, yeah, I think it's challenging. I think sometimes even something as trivial as, as the age difference makes, makes things um, or, or for example, as as an officer, you 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 have certain uh, how do you say certain ways of working. While an attack maybe were a bit more uh, easygoing. Um, one wears a shirt for work. One wears a hoodie for work. Um, I think there. Yes. There are challenges. Um, however, in the case of Rightship, what I found to be the secret ingredient um, is that really on both sides of the table, 
uh, both sides love what they do and more importantly why they do it i think uh, for me for example being able to speak to the industry and seeing how our work impacts people's everyday lives is something pretty amazing i think it it really comes down to to the these the changes uh, for us at rightship i think what's very much unique is that Rightship is a purpose-driven company. Anything that we do, um, each task, each role, each plan, no matter how big or small, it always uh, revolves around zero harm. And making sure that we, whatever we do, it gets us one step closer to that zero harm um, maritime industry. And I think that unites both sides. I think that motivates um, each side to do more together. Tech people knowing that they need the maritime expertise of, of the, these guys um, to, to really bring forward solutions that address safety, sustainability and crew, crew welfare. And the other side, knowing that they need the techies in order to, to get the job done. So let me put the same question to you, Chris. Um, how do you bring together two completely different groups of people? I mean, Marlon makes it sound easy. I, I bet it isn't. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it really boils down to, you know, if you've got a passion for what you do and how you apply yourself. So so I think, you know, if I take the right chip example, um, we, we've worked together now for, for several years. And, and I think it was clear from very early on in our work together that you know Marlon and the rest of his team were, were, were super passionate about making a difference with, with the technology and the products they built uh, and, and that's led us on a great journey o- over the last few years innovating asking why and, and finding new ways to solve problems together um, I think what absolutely helped is Marlon and his team they were always inquisitive they were eager to, eager to learn uh, more about the maritime industry and likewise we, we were eager to learn from them about about the product and technology world so so that's really helped build, build a strong working relationship across the teams um, you know I, th- I think in the technology world, uh, in the maritime tech space, you know, it's that marrying of of the, the marine expertise with that technology. You know, that's that's what's going to really enable uh, the innovation. You you can't do it with one or the other alone. You're you're missing too much. Um, so it, it's finding the way to to gel the two together um, to realise the right benefits. Um, so far, I think we're we're doing a pretty good job of it at Rightship. Um, Let's hope hope that continues. Well, thank you, Marlon, and thank you, Chris. Of course, Rideship isn't the only maritime business that has embraced the culture of technology. Most of the major players recognize that access to digital skills is a prerequisite for success in the future. And they're exploring the benefits of AI and IoT, digital twins, virtual reality. Safe shipping will always be the backbone of our business. And now with ESG, there are other elements in play. Lloyd's List and Rightship will dig into some of these in further podcasts uh, early in 2023. Thank you for listening.